0: This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of the each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John sixteen thirty three, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. Joshua chapter 1 verse 1 says this, "After After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, my servant, Is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all of this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. And every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness of Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and of the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. Now I want to skip over to chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from the acacia groves and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and they lodged there before they crossed over. And it was that after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, keep in mind that represents God's glory, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it of about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you should go, for you have not been this way before. Then chapter 4 Verses 5 through 7. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. And this shall be a sign among you that when your children ask in time to come saying, What do these stones mean? Then you shall answer them, The waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And then chapter 5, verse 1. And so it was that when all of the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard, the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel. Until they had crossed over and their hearts melted and there was no more spirit within them any longer because of the children of Israel. God, I ask you this morning, Lord, in this house that you would just, Lord, give me the words to speak, God. Lord, I just preach your word this morning, God, that every hearer would absorb it into their life, into their spirit. And God, that it would be a transforming word in your house this morning. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. <clears throat> Such a powerful story that is portrayed here in the first part of this book of Joshua. And I want to tell you something about the glory of the Lord. It's not challenged by generations. It's not challenged by culture. The glory of God is, powerful, is just as powerful today as it was yesterday The glory of God is just as powerful today as it was on the day of Pentecost when the disciples were first filled. It's not challenged. We seem to be challenged. We'll even make the comment, well, how's your day going? Well, it's got some challenges. We, we seem to be challenged by things of the world, but I want to tell you God's glory is not challenged by things that are going on. That should give us hope today to know that as long as we are in Christ, we don't have to be challenged by the things of this world because God's glory is not challenged. So in this text, we see that the Lord comes to Joshua and he says, listen, you and all the children of Israel, Moses, My servant is dead. He said, now rise up. It's time that you go over and take hold of the promise that's been waiting. Now, I want you to think about this. This promise has been waiting for for years and years and years. This takes place at about 1430 B.C., before Christ. So, since the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, since the promise was first given, it's been waiting on the children of Israel to seize and take hold of. And you know all know the story that they tried to get there when Moses was in charge. But their flesh continued to get in the way. Not just their flesh, but Moses' flesh. It continued to get in the way. And they never stopped trying. And they get all the way where they're right on the the riverbank. I mean, they can see where they need to go. I believe they could even hear the noise of the promised land. I mean, they're on the bank of the river. They're camped out in the acacia groves, and they're they're recognizing, listen, this is where we need to go. And Scripture doesn't really give us a time frame on how long they had been camped on the brink of the promise. But by the Lord's uh, questioning and and command to Joshua, I'm going to assume this morning that it had been a while. He said, look now, Moses is dead. It's time that we move from this place. He says, it's time that you rise up, go over, and begin to occupy some space that you've never occupied before. And church, I want to tell you this morning in this house that I believe for you as an individual and as Life Fellowship that God is calling us to begin to occupy territory that we've never occupied before, that he's beginning to push us and shift us into a place that we've never been before. And even though we may feel it, even though we may know it, even though we may hear it, and we can even feel it. Sometimes when God is shipping and moving us sometimes we're a little reluctant because if we're all honest this morning we can get comfortable just like we are we we just get comfortable that's the human nature it doesn't matter if you're 15 or 85 we can just get comfortable doing things and having things the way we always have but I want to tell you God's way never gets stale God's way never stays the same he always wants to continue to move us towards his best and we find this in this text he comes to Joshua and he says listen I want you to rise up and I want you to go over to the other side of the Jordan now the Jordan River is at flood stage any old day this would have seemed like okay God will do it but God often calls us to pick up and do something special when it takes a supernatural move to make it happen. I can imagine Joshua thinking, okay, now I'm about to go back and tell these people that we're about to walk across this river that if you step in three feet, you're going to be swept away. Not just by the rushing water, but all of the debris and everything. that Anybody ever seen a flooded river? It's not just the water. It's the trash and the debris. But I want to tell you something about a flood. It will begin to lift up the debris in your life that's been deposited over and over through different events. I I can remember Anthony and myself when, when he was smaller. We would go down to the river in front of our house when it would flood. And we would take our 22 rifles and we would shoot shoot trash that was coming down the river. It was an endless supply of bottles that would just come down the river and we would just stand on the bank and just shoot bottles and trash. Why? Because all of that trash had been deposited in the crevices of the bank over time and sometimes it takes a good flood of something into your life to begin to lift things out that have settled that you don't even realize they're there anymore but all of a sudden when the waters get disturbed it begins to lift up the junk and the sediment and the trash that settled in your life, and God begins to move them out. And Joshua comes to the children of Israel, and he says, listen, we've got to get up from here, and we've got to cross over to the next plain. We've got to cross over the Jordan River. And I want to talk to you this morning about the crossover experience in your life. How many times has God brought you to a place that he's called you to cross over something, but instead of crossing over, you just decided to camp out on this side of it. You become content to hear the sound of what it's like to have something different. You become content to see the view of seeing it from a distance, but you've never really experienced it yourself because you've refused to, to cross over something. Well, Pastor, what are you talking about? There are many things that you and I need to cross over in our life. Some people need to cross over unforgiveness. Some people need to cross over hurt feelings. Some people need to cross over so-and-so did you wrong. There are many things that you and I need to, some of us need to cross over the fact that we don't seem qualified to be in ministry, but God has called you anyway, because I want to tell you nobody's qualified. It's Only by the blood of Jesus are any of us qualified to do what he's called us to do. So God tells Joshua, he said, listen, it's time that you rise up and you cross over. And, you know, rising up's the easy part. I mean, if you get a word from the Lord, it's easy to get excited and tell somebody, man, you'll never believe what God spoke to me. I'm just so excited about it. But can you walk in it? Talk is cheap. Doesn't cost anything to get excited. But when you get ready to walk in the promises of God, church, I want to tell you it will cost you something. It will cost you something. And God's telling Joshua, he said, "I. it's time that you cross over this place. You you You've been on this side of the promise long enough. Then in verse 3, he tells him, he said, listen, everywhere the soul of your foot touches. I, I read this at least 10 times this weekend. What a promise. Everywhere the soul of your foot touches will be yours. What a promise of the Lord. When you and I decide that we're not going to be withheld by anything, but we're going to allow God to move us into the next place when we decide to cross over the place that we're at. And I want to tell you this morning that by the blood of Jesus you and I are able today to be able to get past anything that stands between us and the promise today. There shouldn't be anything in our life that God has not given us the ability to get past. And listen, you don't have to do it all by yourself. Listen, God dammed up the waters of the Jordan River. And the Bible says that the Israelites came walking through on dry land, and I did a little research on that, that part of the text, and it, they found that in that area of the Jordan River where they think the Israelites crossed, that in the last couple of centuries even, there's this part of the mountain that an earthquake will take place, and the rocks will break, break away and completely dam up the Jordan River about 15 miles above where the Israelites supposedly crossed. And I thought, what an amazing fact. And many scholars feel like that that's what happened, that God created an earthquake and those rocks came down and slid across the Jordan River and dammed it up. And it, God will move mountains on your behalf so that you can get to where you need to get to. There's nothing in your life so drastic or so deep or so, or, or, or so removed from him that if you will just call upon him, if you'll let Faith began to arise on the inside of you. James chapter 2 says faith without works is what? It's dead. I, I I can only imagine what the scene must have looked like. Joshua says, "And this is what we're going to do. I know we've got this raging river right here, but we're going to step down. And when we step into the water, God is going to move. And what we do on our uh, what this is how we operate. We want to see God do something before we move. But that's not that's often not how the Lord works." God wants to see your faith in action that you recognize, God, I'm going to take a step of faith. Lord, even though I don't think my home can be repaired, God, even though I don't think the relationship can be restored, God, even though I don't see how you could use me in ministry with my background, God's saying, if you would just take a step with the glory of God as your lead and let me worry about the rest, I'll begin to move mountains on your behalf. God will move. Church, I want you to get this. God will move mountains on your behalf. It's not up to you to worry about the details. The Bible says that we should just trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. I want to tell you this morning, God is saying to us as a church, if you would just begin to step in to crossing over something in your life, I believe almost everybody has something that holds them back for being all in with God. Maybe it's maybe it's pride, may, maybe it's sin, maybe it's unforgiveness. It could be that you've never gotten over a, a divorce or you've never gotten over a, a death of a loved one. Now, I don't know what it is in your life, but I can tell you this: God says He will help you cross over any divide that you will be willing to step out on faith and saying, God you brought me this far by faith God you fed me when I was in the wilderness and I couldn't feed myself God you fed me manna God you brought water from the rock God when I didn't know where else to turn God you let a pillar of your glory guide me by day and a pillar of fire guide me by night and God I'm not willing to get to a certain place and say I'm not going any further God I'm willing to say this morning that I'm ready to step In to the water regardless of how flooded it may seem regardless of how big of a mess it may be but God I am going forward in you give God praise in this house this morning (laughs) Moses saw a lot but God was trying to tell Joshua listen I know yesterday was amazing but you have no idea what I have in store for tomorrow Some people only live with the dream of Canaan because they become so content living on the Egypt side of the river. They, listen, it can happen to all of us very easily. I don't care how spiritual you are, how much Bible reading you do, you can become content living on the wrong side of your promise. And God is saying to the church, listen, you have no idea what blessings lie in store on the other side. Listen, the promise of God, the enemy always fights the promise. If you look look back when Moses had the land of Israel spied out, there was only two men that came back with a promising promise response for taking the land all the men agreed it was a wonderful place they said it's a land that flows with milk and honey I tell you something about the sound of that just sounds good only thing it's lacking is a good piece of a yeast roll or something I don't know but I'm telling you I believe that God wants to move us into a new realm. I'm so excited to be the pastor of this church, and I'm excited about everything that's taken place over the last 35 years or so in this building. I know there have been many people saved, many people filled with the Spirit, many people healed, set free, and I'm excited about all of that. I don't want us to forget about all of that, but I want to tell you something. We can't live in what God did yesterday. God is calling us to get ready. Because I'm about to push you into something else. But it's going to take a people that are willing to cross over something. Because a church can never be greater than the people that are in it. Listen, God can move on you all he wants if you won't listen. God, I'll give you a good example. Saul was chosen to be the king of Israel and to lead God's people. But because of his own mistakes, he ended up dying a gruesome death. And it's up to us that we begin to cross over things in our own life. Listen, God is saying to you as a church and to you as an individual today, just like he told Joshua and the children of Israel, everywhere the sole of your foot touches on the other side, you can claim it as yours. When you begin to cross over those feelings in those attitudes. And I, I truly believe this. You ever met somebody who's just flat out mean? Everybody's got somebody in their mind just that quick. There's something that's the root of that problem. Most of the time, somebody has something in their life that they haven't crossed over. They haven't allowed God to help them move past. So what's happened is it's, it's set up, it, it, it's, become, it's become a fence to them. It's created an offense on the inside of them. And I want to tell you, you God doesn't allow offenses to be a part of the promise. Because he redeemed you from all offense. God has redeemed you from all offense, from all sin. So offense can't be a part of the promise, and God's calling us as a church, as a people, listen, just get past things in your life, don't let things settle, and and become a matter of a hard heart in your life, because God's saying, there is still a promise that awaits, there's still a place that I will take you in your marriage, in your home, God says, you haven't seen the best, I still have a place of blessing for you, There are two things that everyone has control over, your attitude and your effort. Let me say that again. I don't know if people wrote it down. There's two things that everybody can control themselves. That's your attitude and your effort. Nobody else controls those. I've thought through it as hard as I can. I can't see how anybody else can ever control my attitude. I control my response. If Steve comes up right now and says, Pastor, I don't like you, I'm going to take a bat, and he just whacks me upside the head as hard as he can, guess who gets to control my response? Now, he may be testing my flesh a little too far if he does that, but, but nevertheless, I get to control my response. He doesn't control my response. Listen, we're in control of our attitude and our effort. And God is saying, listen, I'm calling my church to cross over things and the things that used to just get under your skin, just begin to get past it. Begin to allow me to begin to work in your life. Begin to allow me to do something supernatural. I don't know what your life's like, but I can tell you I've got some things in my life I need a supernatural move of the Lord. There's a flood going on and I need God to give me a supernatural way to cross over something because in myself, I'm not equipped to cross over but with God the Bible says all things are possible I need the moving of the Holy Spirit in my life to begin to cross over things if you stand on it Steve did we get that picture go ahead and put that up if you stand on it you can claim it many of you everybody in here should know teenagers if you don't know what what this picture is London can tell you because I'm sure she knows. (laughs) It's the raising of the flag at Iwo Jima. February 23rd, 1945, at 10.20 a.m., Ira Hayes, Harold Schultz, Michael Strank, Frank Sousley, Renier Gagnon, and Harlan Block declared victory. That's an actual photo of those men. Twenty-four hours later, only two of them would still be living. They would be killed in battle. The other three would be killed in battle. But those men, this was one of the, the fiercest battles that was fought in the Pacific Theater. It was discussed among the warheads of the of the State Department whether to just discontinue the battle or not, because they said crossing over that area would be very difficult because the enemy was pushing back so hard on the allied troops. But on February 23rd of this day, there were a few men that says, Listen, regardless of the fight, regardless of how difficult it may be, we're going to cross over. And they crossed over and they got to the top of this hill and they put down the American flag which says, listen, the United States of America, they did this under the authority of the President of the United States. They jammed the flag down in the sand and said, we claim this land on behalf of America. And I want to tell you, you and I too sit under someone of great authority. The President of the United States, whether he be a Democrat, a Republican, a Green Party, or whatever, he doesn't have anywhere close to the authority that my Lord and Savior has I sit under the authority of Jesus Christ I'm thankful he's not a Democrat or a Republican I'm thankful that he's royalty and he rules and reigns above all today and he tells me he said anywhere you go and set your foot in my name as long as you go under my glory if you'll follow my glory you can claim it You see, there are places we haven't been before. God told Joshua, he said, listen, make sure the ark steps in the river before you and you follow it because you haven't been this way before. And church, I want to tell you, I know some of our, Old-timers in here this morning, I know you've seen some great moves of God. I know you've seen God do amazing things, but I want to tell you, I believe that God wants to still continue to pour out his presence. I believe that he wants to allow the fire of the Holy Spirit to continue to burn in the church today. I believe that because of the blood of Jesus and the victory of the cross, that I'm available today to take all the land that God's Said that I could take. I believe that I can cross over all my unforgiveness, all my problems, all my sinful nature, that in every way I can cross over it in my life. And God's calling us today to begin to cross over, to stake our claim. If you can, if you can stand on it, God said, You can claim it. How do we do it? By following the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Israelites. Cross over the Jordan. I, I can only imagine the gasp in the crowd when the priests begin to step into the water ankle deep and the waters just start drying up, stopping. What a remarkable scene. And as God's presence, the Ark of the Covenant goes before them, which represents the glory of God. It's going before them, and they just begin to follow. And I can imagine they were following in detail where that ark went. Because when you see God's glory begin to do something in your life, you won't want to be apart from it anymore. When you see God's glory begin to open up an avenue of blessing and victory in your life, you don't want to be apart from that any longer. And they begin to follow that ark of the covenant. It's interesting that God moved the ark from one side to the other side. Could it be that you've ceased to be blessed in the season you're in because God's been constantly trying to get you to recognize your blessing is on the other side of this thing that's keeping you from the promise, and it's time that you begin to cross over. I'm talking about matters of the heart. Let God's glory, let God's presence, the power of the Holy Spirit step into every battle in front of you we all want to preach and talk about having a Jericho experience it's, it's fun to talk about the walls of Jericho come tumbling down yeah, yeah, Pastor, we, we we walked around those walls and we prayed and we, we did all this and everything came crumbling down. But I want to tell you, there was first a crossing over experience and then they were able to have a Jericho experience. And if you need a Jericho experience in your life, if you need God to break down some walls, if you need God to destroy some barriers that are keeping you from your promise, you may need to have a crossing over experience first. After they crossed over the river, the Bible says that they camped at a place called Gilgal, which meant a place of turning. After they crossed over, God said, Now I've got you to a place where I can begin to turn this situation around. And everybody knows about the Jericho story. The Jerichos in your life won't be any problem if you first decide, God, I'm going to cross over some of these things that I've let settle in my life. God, I'm going to cross over some things that have been standing in the way. After they crossed over, God was about to deliver them their first victory in the promised land. and The Bible says that they were circumcised at Gilgal. Circumcision without going into much detail. It just meant a cutting away of the extra flesh. I wonder how much extra flesh that we all have that could be cut away in our lives. God was about to deliver victory. And I thought about this just this morning sitting in my office. Some victories come with great travail. I know we have people in this place this morning, you've, you've been, you've travailed over children, you've travailed over marriages, you've travailed over sickness, you've tra- travailed over many things in your life that God would bring victory. But some victories only come, major victories often only come after there's a cutting away. Birthing only comes, I, I, I begin to think about, a woman in great travail and childbirth. And if she's not able to have that child naturally because of great travail, they'll do a C-section. And without a cutting, there's no delivery. Without a cutting, there is no delivery. And I want to tell you this morning, church, sometimes God requires us to begin to cut back things in our life. If we want God to deliver us into a place of victory in the land of the promise, if we want God to begin to bring us to a new place in him, it takes us to have some cutting away of things in our life, a cutting away and a crossing over. When we say, God, I recognize that I'm no longer in control. God, I, I recognize I'm not really in control of my family. God, I'm not really in in control of my habits. But God, I allow the Holy Spirit to take control over everything in my life. I allow the blood of Jesus to cover me in every part of my life. Eric, if you'd come. And I wonder this morning how many people in this place you need to cross over something. There's, a, there's something that you need to get past in your heart, in your mind that's kept you from really thriving in the promises of God. The enemy's fought hard to keep you on the opposite side of the river. He's continually trying to just keep you content camped out in the acacia groves hearing and seeing and even feeling what it must be like living in God's best but I want to tell you this morning I want to tell you this morning that God has a way for you this morning that you can cross over some things in your life you can begin to cross over All of those emotions, all of the... Listen, there are people that live in church all of their life. They're saved, and they go home to be with the Lord. And they never get past emotional issues. And they live a life of defeat emotionally. And I want to tell you today, God's calling you to a different place. He's saying, listen, there's a place that I want to take you that you haven't been before. But to do so, you can't just rise up. You've got to cross over something. You've got you've to cross over something. you got to be real careful because sometimes we have things that keep us from crossing over and we begin to use them as our crutch. Well, I... I would help with that or I would do that. But, you know, I've got this going on. When the truth is you've had that going on for 48 years. Oh, come on. Well, I've had that going on for long. Well, Pastor, you know, I'm dealing with that. Well, well, you've been dealing with it since you were 12 and you're 78. I'm just being real. Y'all know it's true. And you've never crossed over and allowed God to do something. But God's glory isn't generationally challenged. I don't care if you're 18 or you're 78 in here this morning. God's in this house and I believe that by the power of the blood of Jesus and the the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, God's going to give you what it takes to cross over something this morning. I'm talking to, and I'm talking about, listen, the Bible says that after they crossed over, that God released the water again. So they couldn't go back. Well, I believe we've had some deliverance in the church, but the problem is we, we'll, we'll get set free from some kind of hurt feeling or some kind of emotion, but then we'll just pick it right back up again, give us a few weeks, and we'll pick it back up, and we've got the same offense in our life. The Bible tells me that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That means complete. That means nothing lacking. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I want to tell you in this place this morning, every head bowed and every eye closed. First of all, if there's anybody in this place this morning, you can say, I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. But today, I know I need to make him Lord and Savior. Maybe, maybe you just need to rededicate your life. Maybe you haven't been walking with him. But either way, if you need to rededicate or accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, I want to give you just a moment. Nobody's looking around. I want you to slip up your hand this morning. If that's you, say, Pastor, I need to rededicate my life. I need, I need to be covered by the blood. I've seen one, I see two. Anybody else? So wait just a moment. Wait just a moment. Anybody else? Now, I want to ask you this this morning. Listen, how many people need to cross over? How many of you need a crossover experience? I'm, I'm really meaning, where well, you know I'm crossing over something and I'm not coming back this time. I want you to be honest this morning. Raise your hand. Come on. It should be more than one or two. Come on, church. If you need to cross over something this morning. Come on and fill this altar right now. Don't wait on anybody else. Come on and fill this altar right now. Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hurst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 10:30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6:45 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphurst.org. Thank you and God bless.